Yeah, well. I'll give you a cold open. How about my voice? Am I right? Oh yeah. Matt is sick. I'm a so sick this is a idiot. sick recording, which <laughs> is kind of a. Sick. This has been Matt the episode that I have been looking forward to the most. So uh, yeah, th- um, to me, it's a bummer that you've shown up to work <laughs> sick today. That's well, it's that you've a good thing. In. It's a good thing that you moved away so that we don't have to do this in the same room and and you can force right. me to work uh, while I'm dying. Oh, I'm dead inside. Yeah, yeah. No, no risk to me, which is good. Do you have any suggestions uh, on like furniture, like that I could buy? Because I'm buying a lot of furniture. The couch was good. Okay, but like, do you have any couch suggestions? That's kind of I know about couches already. Don't, like I know that they exist. Don't but... buy furniture from IKEA, and oh. don't buy. I mean, but don't buy IKEA's most cheap and, uh, and affordable. Yeah. And, well, the couches. And what about our Swedish listeners? The couches. Uh, fall apart in like six months so some Whoa. furniture like desks and stuff cool ikea whatever that's but like tr- a thing great. you're gonna sit on and like the cushions are gonna move around a lot absolutely yeah. not that is the it is a nightmare i would also push that into wayfair and things online don't ever buy a couch <laughs> online here's the thing that happens and you'll you can see this online a lot and it's hilarious people buy like a couch online and they're like it's only like it's like two hundred dollars. It's a two hundred dollar couch, and it's it look it's it looks like it's gonna seat six people, and then they get it, and it's like, it's like a scaled down Lego version <laughs> of the couch. Like it's they're like, wait, this couch is two and a half feet tall and six feet wide. Like what happened? This is not the couch that I ordered. So like, yeah. buy a couch from a store that you can look at in person. <laughs> Right, right. So that, yeah, because it's, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, they've scaled it down. It's yeah. like, the, and they've got like a, a, if there's a person in it, it's actually just like a little doll of a right, person. It's exactly. not a real person. It's a like a CG tiny person that's actually scale. standing like, well, they're like, no, oh. that person is standing 15 feet in front of the couch. It's just like a weird optical illusion. Speaking of CG, I had this great idea for a Photoshop. Let me tell you about this. Uh-huh. So I was in the Rocky Mountains on the way, mm-hmm. um, and the sky was clear, just clear blue. And I was thinking, how how hilarious would it be if you saw a picture of the Rockies, uh-huh. the Rocky Mountains, big old Rocky Mountain, yeah. all right? And then I Photoshop myself into it, and it's like I'm bend and I'm like bigger than the Rocky Mountains, and I'm like in the background, uh-huh. and I'm like bending down like I'm going to eat it, the mountain. <laughs> Hunter, that- that's really good. That's really good, Hunter. Thank you. That's the- I thought about doing it but then uh-huh. i thought maybe i could just tell you about the idea no, and that that would i be think just that's as, as far as you have to go i think you close did your it, eyes right? shut yeah. up oh wow close your eyes I and imagine oh and his mouth is open wow <laughs> super cool hunter super good idea <laughs> let's go And welcome to Old Gamers Almanac. I am your oldest gamer, Hunter Donaldson. And I am your... What is the, I'm Matt Martin's high. <laughs> I was about to say it and I couldn't bring myself to. <laughs> you're supposed to say second oldest. Yeah, your um, middleest. So, uh, okay. This is, a, this is a show where we rank every single video game ever made, one week at a time, one game at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you are making games, please do not make games. Yeah. Uh, while we are trying to catch up, it's going to be a slow process. Yeah. So... Please don't make games. And 
What are we doing this week, Matt? What's, well, what's in the can? Well, we, we get to continue the series. Finish the oh. fight. That was the joke I wanted to do when I started <laughs> Mass Effect 3, is that because I've been playing it on stream, is I wanted, I forgot to say finish the fight. But uh, no, we're doing Mass Effect 2. We did Mass Effect a couple weeks ago, and it took me forever <laughs> to beat Mass Effect 2, but I'm finally done, which means we can talk about this uh, in quotes and with a question mark incredible video game incredible but yeah. like not sure of yourself like, yeah i like, like i it's, can't decide how rosy my glasses are supposed to be mass effect 2 is incredible right i think that's the way <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it um so i gonna go ahead and throw this out here just for any potential listeners if you haven't listened to our mass effect one video or uh video <laughs> wow. podcast i would do that yeah. i i think these are probably going to be best in order and this is going to happen numerous times i think we are what we've slowly realized is this show is going to work best if we tackle franchises at a time and we squeeze mm-hmm. stuff in between but like we are currently in the mass effect arc hunter and i love to define arcs of podcasts and this yeah, is the yeah. mass effect arc and when we're done with the mass effect arc we will move on to a new arc that'll have other stuff thrown in but we'll be like focusing on one franchise at a time yeah yeah so the so there'll be interesting games you know that that are just kind of passion picks from uh either me yeah uh or matt mostly me um because <laughs> i had just more passion uh and then a, a passionless just kind of click baby <laughs> going through the motions of yeah, the big stuff series of games just to get you to click on it you know what i mean <laughs> we're just tricking you we don't even like these games we want to talk about haven't you heard the other episodes we want to talk about mdk2 right. <laughs> a game that matters to no one yeah Except um, me. I don't even think it matters to me. I actually, like, since we talked about that game yeah. so many episodes back, I watched a, a long play yeah. of it, and I was like, actually, this game might be bad now, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I will be happy with it on returning, because it looked kind of clunky. It oh, looked it's really a bit clunky. clunky. Yeah, it's, it's clunky in controls, and it's because it's three games in one. I don't know why you did it, Hunter. You got me to talk about Mass <laughs> or MDK 2. Uh, but no, it's three games in one, and... I all I and remember some from of the that games game, are bad, and w- at least one of the games is not very good, and it's the MDK <laughs> game. <laughs> the other two are great. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get into some Mass Effect Two yes. kind of history. Right. Um, we're not going to summarize any of the stuff we summarized before, so no. we are just in that space between Mass Effect One. But and from Mass a Effect historical two. perspective, what is important to first know is this is post EA purchase of yeah. Bioware. Mass Effect 1 is made without EA's influence under Microsoft Game Studios. Mass Effect 2 is EA, the thing everyone fears for every uh, RPG or anything, any any great classic development company. uh, Everyone hates EA when they get bought by them. Right, and so that happened with Bioware, and this was the first major release. I think Mm -hmm. they uh, did a Mass Effect 1 port to the PC. Right after the EA purchase, but then this was the first big release, Mass Effect 2. Um, Notably, only say, two years after. Yeah. This, right, I mean, this is a quick... Right. They probably had a lot of this game developed by the time of the purchase. I right, think. like or all the good stuff. at least stuff on, on paper about it. Right, right. And then the devil gets in there and starts, <laughs> you know, 
change it. He, right. you know, he gets under the hood and starts sells deciding. sells dragon armor. <laughs> he says stuff like, we need to get bros playing this game. Yeah, right. Is this, this game is not very bro friendly. I want more bros playing Mass Effect. <laughs> but it did come with a lot of major overhauls. And I think Mass Effect 2 is regarded as, at least historically, I think you and I are beginning to question this logic now. But Mass Effect 2 is regarded as the best of the series. Yes, by uh, I would say by pretty much everybody, it yeah. is considered the best of the series. And I don't know that I necessarily uh, disagree right. with that like accolade. Yeah, but uh, we'll just see as we go. So so here are some things that changed system wise from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2. Uh, the exploration system uh, that we talked about in Mass Effect 1 that neither of us were really super solid on. Yeah, um, I would say essentially as it was, was completely thrown out. Yeah. Um, you no longer are uh, driving your weird tank on like giant open maps on various with planets. nothing in them. With just nothing on the yeah. planets. And then occasionally right. a side quest that is, I want to be very clear, nothing is nothing. The okay. side quests are yes. nothing. Okay. But now we've just thrown that out. So yeah. that's just gone. Instead, there is a system where you probe planets. Uh-huh. It's essentially a mini game, and it, right. I would say it doesn't even count as exploration. So the exploration no. system completely thrown out in uh, in Mass Effect Two. But within that, within that nothingness, within that just dumb mini game, you mm-hmm. still do get that like, oh, you're going around scanning, and every once in a while, when you're scanning a planet, it goes anomaly detected, and you get a mission. And the side sure. missions are proper missions, mostly only proper missions because across the board, uh, combat got better too. We'll talk about that in a second, but like. I would even say some of the missions don't feel that very like plot forward or especially amazing, but they're at least more fun to do. Well, let's uh, so let's distinguish between missions and side quests. Sure. So these are these are side quests. Yes. And I would say instead of in Mass Effect one um, for a side quest, they would try and give you a little bit of story, mostly in the form of just text. So yeah. very ignore, like very easy to skip. Yeah. Um, and then in Mass Effect two, the side quest system um, is either there's like kind of the better side quests, which are mostly the DLCs, yeah, um, and then some um, some things that involved like either uh, talking to NPCs at times or whatever. Some some things mostly like more... audio logs. Honestly, it's like you walk yeah, around an area fair. and you pick up audio logs, and that's how you figure out the main one. I remember it, that I was genuinely somewhat interested in is like you keep following sort of the exploits of this. What's the is it called the Blue Suns or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's you one follow, of the gangs. Yeah, one of the gangs. You you keep kind of coming across there. Like you can find the beginning of one mission that you sort of just follow the breadcrumbs for, and it ends up being fairly interesting. Even though moment to moment, it's not like you're getting like some amazing plot dump or like amazing characters. You're just right. sort of like, what's going on with these Blue Suns guys? I don't know. We'll kind of yeah. slowly figure it out. My point is that the side quests feel less like quests and more like small combat encounters you can do with a little bit of context. Definitely. Which is different from Mass Effect 1 where it was kind of like, well, there's this thing. You need to go out and go to this place far away and then explore and maybe you'll find it. And then maybe there'll be a little bit of a combat encounter uh, or maybe there'll just be a weird thing. I don't know. Like... It's, it's hard to decide which one is better. In Mass Effect 2, it is slimmed down and uh, focused. Yeah. Let's talk about inventory. Right. So Go on. <laughs> the inventory system in Mass Effect 1 was gigantic, a little silly. I don't think we even really talked about it much in the we episode. We barely did, but, but it was so, it was like convoluted to me. To, to yeah. me, looking at it, you like, you get like 100 guns. They have slightly different stats. And it's like, okay, I can understand that. But that's not actually that engaging of a decision. It's just like, I'm always going to take the best gun I can possibly get. Yeah. Like, And they are usually right. 
the obvious best gun where you can get weirder right. is you can make you can like put these attachments you know you can modify your gun so it's like oh it does better against shield it does better against armor whatever um, right but most of the guns it was just like you're just upgrading them as you go and so mass effect yeah. 2 says okay well we don't need to have like 30 different kinds of guns you just have your like five gun classes and as you go throughout the game those guns get very obviously better you get a new one sure. that's the one you're going to use for the rest of the game right right um yeah so i would say the inventory system completely thrown out where where the game really expanded itself um is in the combat um the game feels um i would say the transition in so we've been playing legendary edition for our most recent playthrough right. but if i can go back in time to when these games originally came out um the jump in combat for Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 felt very significant. Yeah. In the Legendary Edition that just came out this year, um, the Mass Effect 1 combat was like tinkered with a little bit to make it feel a little more consistent with the rest mm -hmm. of the series. Mm -hmm. um, way back in 2010, whenever this came out, it felt like we had uh, all of a sudden transitioned into like a much better feeling game. Yeah. Um, it feels very much like a cover shooter of the time. I would not say in exceptionally good one no but it does do the job of you know you you're it's a third person action game you hide up against lots of chest high walls yeah. and then you duck out and and shoot at your opponents um the ability system also got i would say a pretty major overhaul right um in that things i would say your abilities feel a little more considered and there's um, more unique, in general. each class has a proper unique ability, whereas in Mass Effect mm -hmm. 1, you just had flavors of the same, like, 8 or 12 or whatever abilities, and it's just like, this mm -hmm. class has these two and these two, and this one has these two and these two. Whereas right. in this one, your class has one ability, and your allies, your squad mates, all generally have, like, a unique ability, and then also the, like, flavors of kind of public abilities. So there's stuff like overload yes. and warp that everybody has, but then somebody's gonna have a way cooler ability on top of that. And then we'll get or into later the further of that is that you can do loyalty missions to gain even more abilities you can you can get way more expansive with this stuff as the game progresses yeah um so uh the other thing that they cut was um the vehicle yeah. from mass effect one um the the mako is what it was called it was like a nobody thing, so. wanted we we maligned it last time we talked about mass effect there was mm -hmm. nobody misses that vehicle it's fine it's right. fine that it's gone they did add an alternative vehicle in uh, DLC. Mm -hmm. um, I would not say that it is like the best DLC that is available in Mass Effect 2. Like if you're playing it on the Legendary Edition, it's obviously just included. Yeah. Um, but I would not say that, that either of the DLCs that have the vehicle uh, are essential to the Mass Effect 2 experience. So we're talking about the game in very mechanical terms at this point. Do we want to talk about it in story terms? Like I do, what, yeah. I think yeah, DLC is a good happened. place to start with that too because the thing about mass effect 2 to me is that the story feels so wide and and mm -hmm. so in certain respects the addition of like a bunch of dlc packs that are like here's a whole story to go do it feels in this one fairly in place because most of this game is doing what i would still consider side missions i mean most of the game yeah. is doing you, you start the game you have to go get a bunch of squad mates that's basically the storyline is you going and getting all your buddies from Mass Effect 1 and meeting some new friends along the way. Right. But then from that point on, it's like story mission, do as many loyalty missions as you want. Most people are going to Now, do what is a loyalty mission, So Matt? a loyalty is mission that? is basically the exact same 
as the mission you did to get the person, right? Oh, I'm going to go get Garrus. I have to go find and meet Garrus and get him on my team. And then later when I talk to Garrus, he goes, hey, by the way, I've got like an errand to run. Do you want to take me to Kmart? And right. you take Garrus to Kmart <laughs> and yeah. the two of you go and buy a ham sandwich and you come back to the ship and you're done. The, the loyalty yes. missions are generally, I would say, faster than the pickup missions. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that helps because... Um, it would probably make the game feel way too bloated if every single loyalty mission was like this big, long, chunky thing. The way it right. ends up feeling, and you've, I've, you know, everybody says this about Mass Effect 2, is it feels like a TV show. Like it feels like a, almost like a sitcom or like episodic. a, yeah, like an episodic yeah. thing of just like you sit home, you get off work, you go, you know what, I'm going to do one episode. I'm going to do the Jack episode of Mass Effect 2. Let me go see what Jack's mm-hmm. up to and, and do their little thing and finish and be done for, for the night or whatever. And it's kind of like a, these perfectly little digestible bite size pieces. And I think that is like the triumph of Mass Effect 2. That's the thing everybody lauds that that everybody loves is this idea that like, oh, I can just kind of go at my own pace with all these little side things that all contribute to the main plot, but are not inherently part of the main plot. I don't have to play this game for 50 hours to beat it if I don't want to necessarily. Yeah. So you're kind of alluding to it uh, with with what you're describing as like the episodic format, but the structure yeah. of the game is very different from Mass Effect One. Mass Effect yeah. One used a traditional Bioware structure of having um, a small set of core missions right. and then a big finale mission. Um, this uh, is completely character centric as far as the structure is concerned, because uh, like Matt was saying, your primary goal through most of the game is to assemble a team. The team will then do what is called uh, the suicide mission, which is your your final mission that you uh, sort of trigger right. on your own at a specific time. Um, and then once you do that, you complete the game. So um, a lot of the structure is just around assembling these characters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do your recruitment mission and then you'll do a loyalty mission. And then the DLCs are kind of just like your big chunky um, side quests that you can do yeah. um, that also add a lot of color to the world. Um, my favorite thing about Mass Effect 2 is that um, Mass Effect 1 is very concerned with establishing the world that the characters live in yes. and then also establishing the main thrust of the conflict. Like, right. what is the main conflict for this series? Mass Effect 2 uh, sort of says at the beginning, the characters are like, all right, so there's this thing you're going to do that has to do with the main plot, but... We don't really need to talk about it that much. Like, yeah, don't right, worry about right, it. Right. Let's let's have some fun in this fictional universe right. before we get to the third game where things have to get very serious and yeah. very focused. Right. Um, it's very smart the way it's designed in that way. So for a lot of the game, you'll go hours without interacting with what the quote unquote main plot exactly. is yeah. of the Mass Effect trilogy, which is, I think, also what people what makes people love it. Like, because yeah. a lot of the strength of this game, these games anyways, is the world building exactly is so that's what I was well say. done. That's yeah. that's what people c- coming back to it. That's what Mass Effect One. The best part of it, even if it's not perfectly executed at all times, the best part of it is like they did a pretty good job of like designing really unique alien species and and a mm-hmm. world where they're all interconnected and why they're interconnected and and you kind of do get invested in the history of it if you want to. I think there's a lot of it there, and that's what people really love about Mass Effect. And Mass Effect Two lets you live and breathe it. Just mm-hmm. lets you go to, I'm going to go do the Turian thing. I'm going to do Garrus's thing, and it has to do with sort of these different sects, and I get to learn more of the world. I'm going to go do the Krogan thing and learn more about the Krogan people through the exercise of going through that mission. Like, right. it's just right. exploring 
the alien species, the different factions at, at in power, and all of that. And and so it is, even though they've gutted the planet exploration system, the like lore exploration has been ramped yeah. up to like an inc- a crazy, crazy, crazy degree. Yes, and putting the main plot aside. And I think to me, that's like my favorite thing about it and why it, I I hold it in such a high regard, even though now we'll talk about like our recent playthroughs here in just a second. But um, even with some new complaints that I have, I still have a lot of affinity for this game because of how broad it lets itself be. And I just get really into RPGs that don't have a main thrust and don't care about a main thrust and they just want you to live and breathe their world and I think Mass Effect 2 does that better than a lot of bio- like Bioware stuff is generally um, from my perspective not more on rails but I mean it's not like a it's not an Elder Scrolls open world it's not like oh, no, you can no. go and do anywhere it's like well there's like it's like a theme park right everything is like these right. little spots that you kind of plant into but even within that structure Mass Effect feels very open and that you're learning a lot about everything in this universe yeah no I I, I totally agree and and I, I wouldn't balk at all at the idea of saying that in comparison to something like Elder Scrolls like a Bioware RPG is like much more on rails right I think the nice way to even say it is like a Bioware RPG is more focused. Absolutely. Yeah. As far as the execution but, but of Mass it. Effect 2 gets to be both focused and completely unfocused at the same time yeah. in a way well, that it's... feels dynamic and not not like it doesn't feel like it has an identity crisis. It feels like, nope, it gets to be both pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I think that uh, it's maybe important to say that the um, there is a, a stepping up to the writing, I would say across the Definitely. board, it's not evenly distributed. Um, I would not say that this game is well written from start to finish, especially with all the DLC included. Yeah, um, I would not say that at all. But uh, uh, pound for pound, I think uh, the dialogue is more compelling, um, is more interesting. Yeah. Uh, even though I would say some characters don't work. There's a lot of your party is much bigger this time. It's huge. You end up recruiting a we lot of We need to talk characters. about the idea that it's like, it's actually cartoonishly huge and impossible. And and DLC adds two more characters that are like yes. not anywhere close as fleshed out. Like you don't get to have big conversations with them. You get to just sort of have right. them throw statements at you basically. But right. I mean, by, by the time you have all of those characters, it's so many that I have, like I could not just sit here and list every single character off to you off the top of my head because I, I would definitely forget a couple because there's just so many and, and, try, and a lot try. of them feel uh either the same as each other or the same as other characters you've already like known to to love and and all this you know it's like right. in mass effect 2 there's a couple characters where it's like well this is the liara for this game this is the this is the grunt for the or the yeah rex the rex for this, for game. this game is yeah. grunt and and it's like oh it's my new krogan and he's like a different guy but but you still feel like i don't know there's there's a certain shallowness even though i love most of the characters because there's so many you can't have that level of relationship with like every single one which maybe that's the strength because people kind of then have their ride or die and everybody has like right. I mean, when they released legendary edition they released the, the ability to make your own box art where it's like you pick your favorite characters to <laughs> share the box art with you. And, right. and everybody has like a different set. Everybody has different people that they like stand for and, and, and want a part of their team every single time. Right. Yeah. I, I would say that overall, um, everybody's going to have their, their favorite characters, but, and I don't necessarily want to get into the weeds of like 
saying which ones sure. I personally that d personally don't resonate with me. But I want to at least say to any Mass Effect 2 mega fans that might be listening yeah. that I do not think that they are across the board Definitely not. all well written. Yeah. I mean, some of them I would say maybe it could be age, but there's like some there are some moments that hit me very differently now than they did in 2010 there there are characters that i just found severely uninteresting yeah at this point in my life right. that i think originally when this game came out i was so overwhelmed by there being a lot of quality that the the lack of quality in places i kind of just like carried through without sure. even noticing that well, there's like, enough oh, there that you can basically literally so ignore it i mean you can literally yeah. just like yes. well i don't care about jack but i do love garris so garris gets right. to come on all the missions and uh, i don't even notice i don't notice that jack sucks right. because i don't right. ever bring jack and it's fine <laughs> yeah it's funny you bring up jack jack is like probably one of the more polarizing characters yeah. we could talk about if we For wanted sure. to get in the weeds about somebody um because Jack is a character um, that I feel like they very unwisely made it where if you do not romance Jack, which a lot of people don't, yeah. because there's a lot of different characters you can romance in Mass Effect 2 as compared to Mass Effect 1. Right. Um, if you do not romance Jack, I feel like the character doesn't really do reveal yeah, yeah. Um, themselves to be interesting on any level. If you romance them, then the, the storyline gets deeper, which is not always true, actually. A lot right. of the times uh, a character still makes sense without having to uh right. romance them right in these well games. let's let's talk a little bit about original experiences and then we can talk about these recent playthroughs yeah. mass effect 2 totally. is the only one of these series that i actually played all the way through uh close to release yeah um, and the big thing with that is it at at the time it came with that comic that you can do mass effect one <laughs> you don't have to play mass mm -hmm. effect one they basically like accepted this a lot of people probably won't have played mass effect one so you can relive the the major choices of mass effect one and then still continue with mass effect two and i did that i played vanguard my first playthrough and i loved the game like i loved it a lot a lot a lot a lot i thought it was super super great not enough to um when mass effect three came out i never played it and i don't i couldn't even tell you why beyond um i wasn't buying games on launch in general and mass effect 3 came with so much hate right away because people right. were you know people like binged that game and beat it the weekend it came out and everybody had a lot to say about the ending um which mm -hmm. i don't i don't know yet I, i'm literally just now starting mass effect 3 but um at the time of mass effect, uh, mass effect 2 none of that mattered and i didn't care and i just liked how episodic it was and it was it was super super fun for me in that respect it's a very digestible game, especially yeah. if you're playing it at... You didn't get to experience it this way your most recent time, Matt, but if you play Mass Effect 2 in kind of, at kind of a chill pace, yeah, I think it is easier to appreciate in that way if you're just sitting down and being like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play just this little chunk today because right. it's so well paced as far as the kind of bite-sized little things. You can, you can sit sure. down with Mass Effect 2 for like 20 minutes and exactly. feel like you, you got a, a good little story thing done yeah um yeah so if i talk about my uh original experience um i was really on the hype chain train for this the hype chain the hype chain <laughs> for this i was in it i was chained up uh just like excited daddy give me mass effect 2 is what i was yelling at my bioware daddy um so super hyped mass effect 2 comes out and i would say on release i loved it 
Uh, this was around the same time that Uncharted 2 came out. Okay. It may have been the same year. Mm -hmm. And I remember around that time, I was like, my opinion was that cinematic games, games mm -hmm. that tell stories that emulate television and film are like the pinnacle yeah. of this the is art, art form. <laughs> and now I don't think that, yeah. actually. But I remember Mass Effect 2 is probably... I think Mass Effect 2 was first. I'm just, I'm not even going to check. I think Mass Effect it, 2 came out and then later Uncharted. But it's oh, okay. it wasn't? Yeah. So Uncharted 2 came out first, like I said. <laughs> like I said, Uncharted 2 came out first and I was like, whoa, the cinematic game is here yeah. and it's so cool. And then Mass Effect 2 was like, you know, here is like a t TV show paced right. video game. And wow. RPG, it's, right? Uncharted is certainly it's not. so good. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what um, could be better than the TV show RPG cinematic experience of Mass Effect 2? And I will say that, yeah, well, I, we're just talking about original experiences. So for now, I will just say that I loved it from start to finish. Yeah. I loved everything about it. And I had no critical eye on it whatsoever. Sure. I was just in love. I bet you if you had talked to me that week, I would have been like, I think Mass Effect 2 might be my favorite game ever yeah. made exactly. period i exactly. loved it just loved eating the popcorn it. just there to eat the popcorn with that game yeah because it was yeah. a good game in the moment um but yeah. now we've replayed it and we're th we're over 30 years old <laughs> 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 and things have changed uh-huh that's true so Mark. um i can talk about mine you 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 burn through games fast and as we've talked about i live in the dad lands so i had to take my mm -hmm. time with this one but I had this added benefit of I played the entirety of Mass Effect 2 on stream and I would not trade that for anything. It was awesome. Yeah, you loved it. I yeah. loved it so much. Thank you to all my stream buddies, Kellogg's and Cages and Stads and everyone who hangs out. I man, what an experience. No no joke. Not not a no I'm not being coy here. It yeah, was yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, you lo you loved playing it with uh, with like your homies basically exactly. watching. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. But tell me, I want to hear from you first before I get into my stuff, because I could probably talk okay. for too long. Um, So I, like I said, way back, um, I thought this was the this was the best one. This was the best one of the best games ever made. These days, I played it. I, I did 100 percent playthrough, played through every DLC. Mm -hmm. um, and I will I'll give a quick opinion on the DLCs. Um. There's too many of them, and yeah. I don't think it's worth playing all of them. Um, and I know I might, I might, that might be a weird opinion for some people. I think the DLC characters are worth having. Um, their loyalty missions are interesting enough. Yeah. And they also don't take that much time. A lot of the DLCs are real, real chonky. Yeah. Um, that is, I'll, I'll remind me to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, there is a kind of famous uh, Mass Effect 2 DLC called Lair of the Shadow Broker, and it um, which I think it. is excellent. Yeah. Very good. Earns, yep. earns maybe among the better uh, storyline DLCs of any games I've played. But my limited yes. experience with DLC story things, Lair of the Shadow Breaker, Shadow Broker is very good to the extent of doing more things that I wish the rest of the game was doing, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that Mass Effect 2 has these really good kind of uh, prestige video game type moments. There are really great moments in Mass Effect 2 where um, 
the environment is just very interesting and you're just kind of walking through it. Um, mm. This is like a minor spoiler, but at the very beginning of the game, there is a point where you're walking through a spaceship that you might be very familiar with and it is completely ripped apart and you're yeah. just in space. It's very awesome, very cool moment. Um, those moments are great. Uh, I think that overall, the Mass Effect um, franchise became, as we go, it started cutting out too much of the RPG stuff. For sure. Um, it got very it to, invested in the cinematics. And you start to yeah. see that with Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And I also think with 100% playthrough with the, all the DLC included, the um, story and the writing starts feeling more and more uneven the more I'm uh, digesting it and the less I'm just like being awed by mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say overall, I feel like... This is, I, I, I hope not to be tipping my hand too much for my feelings on the entire franchise, but it kind of started for me in this recent playthrough of Mass Effect 2 of just feeling like, okay, so what do they do with this series? Well, as they went, they got more invested in the writing, the characters, which is great. And, yeah. I, and I, I think there's a lot of good writing and there's a lot of good character in these games, but they started taking out so many of the RPG yeah. systems that it starts feeling a little bit like the game is really just trying to tell you um, a good story and not trying to invite you in right. to affect this story. Right. Um, and that, you know, we haven't really talked too much about the morality system thus far, the renegade paragon system right. um, that we talked a lot about in Mass Effect 1. Um, I will say that the way the game is written... Um, definitely enables you to more logically play as a renegade commander shepherd yeah versus a paragon one it makes a little more sense story-wise i still feel ultimately a, a sort of dissatisfaction from a role-playing perspective with uh the game and i feel like it actually gets worse from mass effect one to mass effect two and mm. and possibly i mean we'll reveal my opinion when we get to mass effect three but maybe even worse by the end of uh, the series. Yeah. And then I feel like the writers are kind of just interested. Like it's, it's almost like the whole player choice, player agency aspect of the game mm -hmm. is sort of just an annoyance that the writers have to work around and that. not something that they're very excited about right. handing you the gun and saying, what do you do? You right. know, it feels um, like they wanted to write a story about Paragon Shepard and they were tasked with also writing Renegade Shepard. And, and, and it's a shame. Well, I would say it's even, it's even less specific than that because even, you know, if you do a renegade or a <laughs> renegade, <is almost laughs> what I said, a, a paragon playthrough of Shepard in Mass Effect 2, there are, there's a really great moment that's been called out um, about midway through the game where you meet a character from Mass Effect 1 and that character is judging you for a, a choice um, that you have made. Uh, you've made a choice to work with a specific organization that is right. considered kind of seedy mm -hmm. um, by most of the galaxy. And you meet an old friend and that old friend is like, what are you doing? I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah. But this choice in particular is not one that the player made. Right. So it feels, it the moment doesn't work because the character's all like, why are you doing that? And it's yeah. like, well, I don't know why I'm doing it either. Right. I, I didn't, didn't get a choice here. in the matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, that, that speaks yeah. to some of my complaints, but the only things that Renegade, I think, does do somewhat well throughout Mass Effect 2 is that idea of, like, well, at least this time, 
my renegade choices are usually I don't like these guys any more than you do. So mur, 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 mm-hmm. mur, mur. and that that in the first game the renegade feels completely off base because it's like I'm a good I'm a good important soldier, but I'm for some reason I'm a renegade and all that means is I'm super 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 mean. Just super, yeah, just mean in an illogical way, and at c- least kind this of game, human centric, I would say, yes. is the renegade in in Mass Effect One. The right. renegade in Mass Effect One is like human humanity first. I right. don't care about all these aliens, and then that there's a problem there because you just work with a bunch of aliens in Mass Effect right. One. Right. So it doesn't it's make like, sense why? to be telling yeah. the alien you're talking to that you don't want to <laughs> fight for them that while right. they're on and your then team to, fighting yeah, for and, you. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Right. And in this one, it's like. You, you at least get to hide under that veneer of, like, I don't like this company any more than anybody else. And right. uh, and it, it doesn't always work, but I, I think it's where it starts to at least feel better. You still are also pretty mean a lot of times. I played, uh, we'll get more into my thing, but just because you're talking about it, I played, like, sort of religiously Renegade because I just wanted to see what all the Renegade options. Uh, mm-hmm. I had certain limits to what I like. I wouldn't just like do absolutely crazy stuff because um, sometimes the renegade option is like very off the wall. But like if any time there was a renegade trigger prompt, which is like a quick time event where you like mm-hmm. invariably you're going to punch someone. Uh, I would do those 100% of the time. That was like right. the rule is I must punch. The character has slowly developed into Commander Shepard, the punch queen. She has a hope that like I will punch people um, and I will do the, the renegade uh, dialogue option as often as I'm willing to stomach it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, we should, we let's let's get into your experience because I, sure. I feel like my, mine was a little a little deflated, but I feel like I've, I feel like I've made that case, and yeah. now I want to hear about your most recent playthrough of Mass so, Effect 2. So, like I said, I played on stream, um, which I think is helpful for me personally um, mm-hmm. as a, as a uh, lack of experience gamer and also someone who generally is trying to get through games relatively quickly. for Like, for this show, <laughs> I'm right. playing in the Dadlands, and I have to get these games done. And, and Mass Effect 2, like, I'm trying to take time with it, but, like, I can't like sit here and like really milk every single experience. So there were lots of opportunities where I got to be like, okay, we're about to do a mission. Twitch chat, tell me who I should send. Just tell me, just tell me what, what like, and then this wasn't every single time. Like if I was going on a mission and I had somebody I definitely wanted to take, I would just take them. But if right. I was like, okay, we're going to go do the uh, mission with uh, Jack and Jack and Miranda hate each other. So it's hilarious to bring Miranda. Cool. We're definitely bringing Miranda right. on Jack's mission. Right. I don't know who else to bring. So chat, tell me, just yell, just yell things at me. And chat, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. is like obsessed with this game. And they go, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so-and-so has like one unique dialogue prompt. So you should just bring them. And it's like, okay, great. I needed, like basically I had a wiki at my disposal that told yeah. me things rather than me have, ever having to research things on the wiki to get the experience. That's, so you kind of, you played with your older brother and your older brother exactly. was just the internet. Yeah. yeah. And, and I got to, they got to have nostalgia for this thing that they've maybe replayed a year or two or longer ago and, you know, do it through me. So it felt like I was getting a nostalgic experience, even though I don't have a lot of nostalgia for this game. I did like playing it when I played it, but I don't remember every single moment. And there's people in, in chat that are like, oh yeah, here comes the moment of this thing. Like everyone yeah, knows yeah. every single dialogue prompt of every single moment of the game. Um, but I think to me, the things that stood out in this playthrough were um, just how many things uh, are in the game to... 
uh, I got really into planet scanning for no good reason. Planet scanning is not a oh, good God. system, but like yeah. there, it became this thing of like wh when you present to me, the problem with Mass Effect One was like here's a bunch of systems that like you can get a bunch of different flavors, and it's almost like too many choices of like how you want to approach each thing, and especially like you pick your weapon outfit at the beginning of a mission. Actually, in Mass Effect One, you can kind of change it any time, but it's like. I don't know until midway through the mission that I'm doing a mission against people with shields and that I need to have my shield weapon ready to go yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's like right. a lot of like, well, I didn't have it already going, whatever, let's just get through it. Whereas Mass Effect 2, because it's not like this open, like you need this for this situation and this for this situation, it's like you have gun, you have gun A, you, you no longer need gun A because you acquired gun B. It becomes this checklist and me as a gamer, if you give me a checklist in a video game, oh, I have God. to I have to check all the <laughs> I have to check them all. I have to do everything. That's not to say I 100% of this game because I had a certain level of like I have to set this stuff aside, but I would catch myself in like 30 minute planet scanning sessions live on Twitch. Like just like just like <laughs> me and Cages are hanging out and I'm scanning planets and it's just like what are you guys up to today? I'm hosting the most boring Twitch stream ever. <laughs> What's up? So so are you saying well wait, hold up. I have to ask I have I have to ask questions. Yeah. So are you saying you liked the planet scanning? Like I, you enjoyed I, it? I accept that it is a bad system and it is not good, but it did hook me like in a in like a gross casino way of just like, well, I have to keep uh, getting more stuff so that I can upgrade all of my things. I need to have every single upgrade fully checked off, you know, that yeah, kind of you're, thing. You're into that like kind of simple push button dopamine kind yes, of rush, like exactly. push button, get points, like yeah. almost like a, you know, cookie clicker. Yes. Have you ever played that game? I cookie haven't, but clicker. I know about it. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like a cookie clicker thing. It basically, uh, yeah. it is that. It's it's just this idea of like I've entered a galaxy for one reason or another. There's six planets here, and it says zero percent in the top right corner. That's not allowed. That has to say a hundred percent. We have to make sure that that says a hundred percent before we leave the galaxy. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be terrible if it still said zero or God forbid fifty four percent. No, 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 no. It must say one hundred percent. I would take a Mass Effect one style like. Uh, well, it's kind of, it's, it's not very well put together, but every once in a while something weird happens yeah. way sooner than I would take like this thing where it's like, well, it's never interesting, but you do fill bars up and you right. feel this like kind of Pavlovian, like, good job, you, yeah, you, exactly. you it's like, it's like an organizational thing. Like, oh, your room's all tidy because yeah. all the planets are fully depleted of right. resources or right. whatever. Um, yeah. but beyond that, like what I knew I wanted to do was finish the critical path and, I wanted to do every single person's story mission because I just really like right. I like the loyalty yeah, yeah, quests. Yeah. You gotta um, do this. But I wasn't basically going to do any other DLC or side quests. Now, because I was doing so much planet scanning, I kind of happened upon a few side quests that I didn't intend to do, but was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll do a little bit. But I never like pursued completing the whole side quest or whatever. But you convinced me to do Lair of the Shadow Broker. Which, I which I'm am glad. very happy yeah. for. Um, like I said earlier, Lair of the Shadow Broker is like the only instance in Mass Effect 2 that introduces some like new mechanical depth to the game and and playing layer of the shadow broker taught me that actually maybe the rest of mass effect 2's combat is not nearly as cool as i was giving it credit for like just because mass effect 2 is an evolution of mass effect 1's not very good combat does mm -hmm. not make it great combat yes. and that's yes. what i slowly learned over time was this idea that like just because you've given enemies shields 
barriers and armor and it's like oh you have to sort of puzzle like it's not a puzzle it's just okay then i need to bring the ability for shields i need to bring the ability for armor i need to bring the ability for barrier to, totally to hit those it's there, there are three flavors of the exact same thing and if anything it becomes annoying when you play at higher difficulties of like it's just a requirement that i bring very specific team members to cover all of those bases and even within that I'm mostly then just sort of waiting on cooldown timers so that I can use the ability I have to use over and over and over again. Have we, it feels like we may have entered the Matt's difficulty corner. <laughs> do we want to, do we have a jingle for Matt's difficulty corner yet? Yeah, I, I would do winner, it except winner, for if I, winner. I, I, yeah, you're in charge of the difficulty Here, corner. I got it, I got song. it. Welcome to Matt's difficulty corner. Great. Uh, so this game is not, uh, I, I will not say it's like crazy difficulty. I did start it on insanity uh because i finished mass effect one on insanity and hunter you and other people were talking about like well at the very least mass effect 2's difficulty curve is not nearly as broken as mass effect ones and i was like okay well then i'll at least let me give yeah. it let me give it a try like let me feel it out right right and this is where we talk about the dlc thing what the two dlc characters what ended up happening there is um every single person under the sun said you got to do kasumi's mission like right away because kasumi has this smg that you're going to want for the rest of the game and yeah, they're right yeah. like that smg is is amazingly good but doing kasumi's loyalty mission on insanity um as like the very first thing you do mm -hmm. that was an incredibly major hurdle for me yeah um, kasumi's mission notably you do not have three squad mates it's just you and kasumi just you and kasumi going yeah. through it and what I would later learn is that the main difficulty is just that um, big mechs are really hard on insanity. Everything else is not that big of a deal, but big right. mechs are just like stupidly difficult on insanity. It's not even that they're stupidly difficult. Like you can understand their patterns, but they just end up taking forever. They just have so much health. It is annoying to fight them on insanity. They just mm -hmm. take forever to slowly chip away at. Um, and and I kept, I had multiple instances where playing on insanity and kasumi's was the first one where i come into a room and it's like oh this room has the mech okay well it's going to take me like 15 tries to get through this room because i've just it takes it that's how much it takes for me to figure out how to chip away at this mech while also handling the other m enemies and stuff like that the worst one was jack's pickup mission when you go to get jack there was a room that i spent we later looked it up it was two and a half hours i spent on a single encounter in jack's mission which is disgusting and awful but on my then, <laughs> but then what happened after? I turned it down. Yay! <laughs> Matt turned the difficulty down, the difficulty down, the difficulty down. Matt turned the difficulty down, and then he enjoyed the game. It's, uh, that's exactly right. Hard Hardcore yeah. mode was significantly more engaging, if anything, too, because there are plenty of instances when insanity is not that hard, and I, ex and I know that. But mm -hmm. God forbid, sometimes I feel powerful in the video game. And 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 I understand that this means different things to different people, right? And this isn't actually a complaint at all. Some people feel powerful because they overcame the difficult thing. And some people like me prefer the cheap power that is just like, it took me three shots to kill that guy. Heck yeah, I did it super fast. Um, right. The most noteworthy moment of this is the very, very final mission of the game, uh, the suicide mission that Hunter said earlier. Uh, I, before doing that mission, I went through and like respect every, but every single one of my characters. I went back and redid all their uh, skills, mostly because super fast tangent. Uh, I do kind of hate how this game has you um, 
you're leveling all your characters and stuff and you do a person's loyalty mission and so you like load up the loyalty mission and you're like oh you have like uh 25 points to assign but you don't get that last power until you do the loyalty mission so there's right. always this ebb and flow of like wait should i not spend a single one of this person's points until i do their mission so oh, that God. i can then get the good power because sure. what was happening is towards the end of the game, you know, it's like, let's, let's talk about like a character like Legion, who you are basically guaranteed to not get until late in the game. You get mm -hmm. Legion and then you're suddenly like, I, I have a ton of points to spend on him, but I want to get his superpower, which means I have to play Legion's loyalty mission with Legion having no levels in it. Or I have to like accept that I'm going to be able to respec, which you cannot do unless you do the layer of the Shadowbreaker DLC, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's well, a lot of I things would... going on there that are complaints. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. The point I was going to get to, though, is the final mission, I had respect everyone, and uh, turns out, freaking love Thane. Thane's my new favorite guy ever, because even on hardcore mode, I had uh, me and Thane with this ability called Reeve. Uh, I think it was Reeve. He may have been warp. Regardless... We were like literally chewing through things like I did the final mission in like no time flat because like even at hardcore mode, I just had the perfect build for it. And that yeah. felt so much better than anything else in the rest of the game because it was just like I'm just killing things left and right and nothing is difficult because I've, I'm outfit for this <laughs> properly. Right. I don't know. It's like that is more satisfying to me than beating my head against a mech for two and a half hours. OK, well, um. I just want to say, yeah. I, I think I'll have to have a retort to every difficulty corner, every sure, episode of difficulty of corner. I will say that in my experience, um, insanity encounters don't take as long as what you're describing. So I did not have the same experience as you in that way. Yeah. But um, I do agree that the combat is uh, not perfect. And I would say that, so my, my take on um, playing this game at the hardest difficulty um, which I would recommend that you try to do, but if if you have an experience similar to Matt's, you should lower it. Like you should not have two and a half hour. I mean, unless you like that, unless you're just like right. I, I love if it just takes forever because I just like that sense of beating it. But if um, you know, a two and a half hour encounter in like the first third of a, the game sounds like way too long. Um, I will say on insanity, there are um, I would say two or three encounters that I consider like not very well play tested. Like, yeah. as in, I would say that the way the encounter is structured on the highest difficulty level, borderline doesn't make sense. Um, and I had to just kind of beat my head against it to to get through them. Um, but I did get through them, which was nice. Um, and I, I don't know, overall, like, I found Insanity, I think I found Insanity on Mass Effect 2 to be less difficult than on Mass Effect 1. I would agree um, with that. Overall. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. And sometimes yes some sometimes you end up in a situation where um you do not have the correct party for the encounter but if you remember um if you remember and are willing to look up like like there are guides out there that um are not they're not in-depth walkthroughs but they'll literally just tell you like here's who you should take for combat reasons or story reasons yeah. um and most of the time i found the game to be uh very approachable on the highest difficulty level as long as i was taking that advice and, well, and so bringing that, the that's where the disparity i think lies and and i had a bit of that right because i had like i said i had twitch pat oh my gosh twitch chat wikipedia helping me out right so at times yeah. they would be like well you should bring someone that has overload because there's a lot of shields in this mission or whatever right yeah but that wasn't always happening and 
there's a certain sense to me of, and it, it, it's so stupid that I have this debate with myself because it says it right there when you're selecting the difficulty, which is that insanity is designed for someone who played Mass Effect before because right. it assumes you either know what the mission is going to have so you will have the perfect strategy to account for that or it assumes you're doing that research. I don't want to necessarily play that way. I just want to take the people on the missions that I want to go, which means I don't always have the perfect toolkit for the thing I'm up against, which is why I shouldn't be playing on insanity. Right. Because exactly. what insane it, that's not the it's not challenge. Made for you. It's not made yeah. for that process. It's not made to just take anybody. It's not like, well, if you were good enough, you could do it with tally and a bag of potatoes, right? You could just do anything. <laughs> it's like that's not how the thing is structured. It's structured where you need to have the exact right abilities for right. this specific engagement. I do think if you built Shepard a specific way, I'm right. sure there are some classes that if you build Shepard correctly, you can just take whoever you want. Well, and, and I was and one of those classes, fine. right? Like I was playing a Sentinel, which is like, well, you're a tank and you have like the two powers you need to do anything. And that's great. But also that's where I ran into the like, well, now I'm just constantly waiting for my own cooldown timer to go off. Right. The game is yeah. much more fun when the team is doing all the work together because then it's like, okay, Miranda's cooldown is ready. Okay, now Fane's cooldown is ready. Okay, my yes. and like you're kind of always cycling between everybody's cooldowns. That's when everything feels in simpatico for me. Yeah, I, I, I do think it doesn't... I, I, when I was saying like if Shepard is spec'd correctly... Uh, perhaps you can get through anything. I actually don't think, uh, I think watching you play Sentinel, I was like, actually, this is bad because if you, st like you're saying, if you stack all of the useful abilities on one character, you still have to wait yep. in between each time they can do that. So I think that's why your playthrough was especially slow, yeah. was had to do with your player class right. and not necessarily just the game in general. If you had picked something like Vanguard right. or... And the only reason I didn't Soldier. do Vanguard this time is because I did Vanguard the very first time. And so it's like, I just know right. how that, I know how that goes. And I know I love it, but I don't want to relive that. I would like to try a different class. Um, Mass I'd, Effect I, 3, I'm doing Vanguard just to throw cool. it Cool. Yeah, just have <laughs> so, fun. Yeah. Like, just just do the do the fun way to do it. Um, okay, we've talked for uh -oh. a while about this game. Yeah. Um, are we ready to enter the ranking we are. area? Yeah, it's yeah. time to rank this puppy. Now, oh my God. we have an easy place to start with this because Mass Effect 1 is on this list. And we can at the we have to at the very least say is this better or worse than Mass Effect One? So we should start with that debate. Hmm, it's tough. It is uh, tough for me. Actually, it's tougher than I thought it would be. I I yeah. I finished Mass Effect One, being like, well, I've played Mass Effect Two. I know it's oh, oh way 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 better, and yeah. I don't feel as confident in that anymore. I think that um, Mass Effect. I, I get why there are these apologists that are like Mass Effect One is actually the best of sure. the series because it is the most uh, ambitious and it's trying to do a full-throated RPG. Mm -hmm. And then you get to Mass Effect 2 and they're like, eh, we want like passable combat right. and like good characters and story that you like. And they're right. kind of just focused on those two things. They kind of let everything else go. Um, and I would say that back, you know, way back in 2010, I was like, well, the thing is the combat the characters and story perfectly executed right they're perfect <laughs> it's the best uh and now i don't feel that way i yeah. feel like it's like the combat is okay there's some problems it's not um enjoyable from start to finish right uh it wears even, thin that's the thing yeah that's it's yeah. great and then by like hour 30 you're like they haven't done anything new with this they've right. never they're, changed the it. enemy yes the enemy types uh there's not enough enemy types there's not enough just like like the when they're designing the combat encounters it feels more like 
they are trying to just get through yes. you know just like kind of give you a it is a requirement of every single loyalty mission that it have a combat section even though it yes. totally doesn't need to have that like man there are literally i mean fanes is the only one that i think literally doesn't have a combat thing or I, I forget exactly but fanes definitely has a long portion that is not combat right and Samara's up, doesn't have a combat either, I don't think. Right, that's right. Samara's doesn't. I wish Tally's hadn't. I wish Tally's had just been courtroom right. drama. Like, that would have been... So, like, they could have... That's the thing where I feel like Mass Effect forgets to, like, innovate itself and do different things throughout the game. Instead, it the only thing it is focused on doing is telling stories, which it does pretty well. But that is oh, the some of them only are... thing. There's some of them are yeah. horrible. So we do right. not have to talk about Jacob's loyalty mission, but we can at yeah. least say it is wretched and trash. But yeah, it's it's quite bad. I don't know what they were thinking. Many of them are, you know, pretty good to great. Um, yeah. So I agree. on that level, it's accomplishing all those things. It's just not a dynamic enough game <laughs> moment to moment in terms right. of the the combat that they so intensely focused on like they they gave up so much to improve the combat and then the combat is like well that was pretty good i guess i mean yeah I'm sick of it by the end but it was pretty good right right it was better than the first one i guess i think better than the first one i guess is kind of how i feel actually yeah i think that mass effect 2 is better than mass effect 1 yeah i'm not trying to completely break with uh the consensus here sure like i think the consensus has it but I just think that it is such a shame that as the Mass Effects um, were coming out, as each game came out, they just kind of sacrificed more and more mm -hmm. to focus on these very specific things. And I feel like the focus isn't so perfectly executed that I just want to let them off the hook for that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I don't want to say like, well... The character and story is so magnificent mm -hmm. that it's okay that they kind of got rid of a lot of the RPG stuff. Yeah. Um, especially in a post like the Witcher series of games sure. getting good world where I feel like and or, or even a post Red Dead Redemption 2 world mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it's been kind of proven now that you can go the other way with it and have an action game that starts incorporating more RPG elements and tell a really, really, really good story. Yeah. But then also you can have a game that is an action RPG that is still steeped in the RPG stuff like the Witcher games are. Right. Um, I what, what I think is so sad about this series of games is that we do not have a... And I, I know they're working on Mass Effect 4, and I hope it will be good. Um, but I think this the work of these games is still left unfinished right um essentially like that like if in a just world there is a perfect mass effect game and we do not have it yet i do think that mass effect 2 is probably in the sweetest spot yeah um but i do not think it is a perfect game uh by any stretch of the imagination um it is better than mass effect 1 though so sure. we do have to rate it above mass effect okay. 1 i think so then we got to put it up against uh sega's outrun the the classic arcade racing game which is mm -hmm. notably really only a five minute long video game but is a wonderful great pioneer of the racing genre yeah what a what a thing we have to do <laughs> um mass effect 2 versus outrun um mass effect 2 feels like uh a a stepping stone mm -hmm. towards a trend of the 2010s whereas outrun feels like a timeless classic of its 
genre, uh-huh. I would say. I feel like Mass Effect 2 kind of gets a lot of points for relevancy. I feel like it's a game that sort of defined a style of game that we're still very much in, which yeah. is the big AAA cinematic storytelling focused game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like I got to give it to Mass Effect 2, but I like Outrun better. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing is like uh, pound for pound. I think Outrun is more enjoyable, but it's significantly less poundage, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And so yeah. just the raw weight of Mass Effect 2 and the fact that like I, we're downplaying it, like we're trying, you know, we can't call basically all I think Hunter and I are trying to say is like, it's not the best game ever. I don't hold it in as high regard as I used to, but there's still a little bit of like, it's still really, 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 really good. Like it's still a yes. very fun game to play. I put f- like 35, 45 hours into it. And, and for me... That's a lot. That's a lot of time to put into a game. Um, And I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy pretty much all of it. Right. I mean, it's it's more that everything I have to say negative about it are these like minor annoyances that sort of keep prickling at the back of my neck versus like Mass Effect one. It felt like I was beating my head against my problem. It's like, no, I really don't like this part of this game. And um, Outrun, I still beat my head against aspects of it, right? I, I still I still have some issues with Outrun myself. Not big ones, but... Um, I, I just wanted to interrupt real quick just to do a quick overview of the list. We're kind of jumping into sure, it. We have sure, it I was, we're, in we're working our way up, basically, right? So yeah. 6 was War of the Monsters. Mass Effect is 5. Outrun is 4. Uh, I think we're both saying Mass Effect 2 is going to be at least above Outrun. So what's yes. next up going up this list is Crusader Kings 3, then Hyperlight Drifter, then Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, so that at is the some point currently. we're gonna not be able to just like recite the entire list. So I think at some point we have to figure out how yeah, much totally. we decide to talk about the entirety of the list. Totally, but totally. we're I feel like we're finding a window here because we can summarily say it's not gonna be number one. Like it's not gonna it be Mario be, Brothers. 3. It's not better than Super Mario Brothers three. No. So we're in this Hyperlight Drifter Crusader Kings three range below yeah, or above one of those two games about to get pretty tricky yeah um so for me so let's talk about mass effect 2 versus crusader kings 3 sure crusader kings 3 is a refinement mm-hmm. of a game series that's been going for a long time and i think it does a lot of really smart refinement stuff yeah. to make the game experience um kind of like more approachable than it's ever been but still and I, okay but I agree with that. And it's funny that we're mm-hmm. saying, because I think I, I want to throw in here that Mass Effect 2 is kind of that as well. Right? It's a lot of refinement of this series, but also like a genre that BioWare has been doing for a long time. There's a there's a connection here that these two games share. I think there's a difference, though, yes. in the way that they're both refinements, because Mass Effect 2 is a refinement by sort of cutting away things. Absolutely. By saying... Get rid of that. Get yeah. rid of, oh, they, they didn't love that. Get, toss it out. Right. Throw the exploration it away. It feels the very much like EA gone. put their finger on the pulse and was like, this doesn't pass the budget meeting. Get rid they, of it. This department they, is cut. <laughs> they like took the, they underlined the word in action RPG. EA yeah. came in and underlined action right. with like a marker right. and then capitalized it. And we're like that fo- focus on that. Um, and I think actually if it was a better action game, I'm excited to talk about Mass Effect 3 because yeah. I feel like the action in Mass Effect 3 is uh, a lot better. Yeah. Um, the action in Mass Effect 2, eh, it's okay. Right. It, it, you get through the game with it. Right. Um, so I feel like its focus on action is a little bit undercut by the fact that it's just, that's not really the best part of the game. Yeah. Um, 
Crusader Kings 3 is taking a game uh, that was uh, hard to approach, Crusader Kings 2, and making all of the greatest elements bubble up to the surface mm -hmm. where now all of a sudden people can recognize this great game that was always there, yeah. but it wasn't always immediate in its contact. Right. Um, and I feel like Mass Effect 2 is sort of like, we sort of changed the the the, the game. specific goal of yeah. it. We like cut away some chaff and we're like, that's it, that, it would that be was like, nothing. We don't need that. It would be like if Crusader Kings three was more like like you compared it to The Sims. You were like, it has some like some Sims like qualities just in like how I kind of build this character. But but Crusader Kings three, if it were like Mass Effect two, would literally be significantly more like the sims like you would be playing out the day-to-day -day of this guy as if it were a sims character not the empire that they're controlling or whatever so yeah th that is the starkness of things that they have changed and cut whereas yeah like you're right. saying crusader kings is holding all of the same systems but making them more digestible for the audience i still find it difficult to digest and that's sort of where i'm bumping up against the comparison here is like I can play and beat 45 hours of Mass Effect 2. I can't really say the same about Crusader Kings. Right. That shouldn't... I'm not equating that as like a total knock on Crusader Kings 3 because, hey, everybody's got different vibes for games they want to play. But it certainly is um, an equation. <laughs> it's part of the equation of like, well, it's, it's still really hard to approach that game. Yeah, I think... This is like, and this problem is only going to get worse as Absolutely. we keep doing the show. Of course. It's tough because Crusader Kings 3 is a game that me and EJ put on the sure, list. Sure, 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 sure. You didn't have anything to do with well, it. Well, but I real. agree with its placement. Like, I 100% agree with its placement. I, well, it's I definitive. It's definitive so you have to it was agree correct. with it. You have, yeah. no, you have no way of disagreeing now that it is on the <laughs> sure, list. Sure. There can be no further disagreement. But I haven't played as much defined. as CK3 as the two of you did. Yeah. I think that if, if, this, if this decision was only up to me... It would Mass Effect Two would go right underneath Crusader Kings Three. Yeah, for me personally. Right, but that's not how this works. Well, so let's if let's we want a bit more yeah. then about how I can approach this conversation, which is yeah. at the very least listening to not just you and EJ, but like you and our other friend Sean, listening to stories of Crusader Kings and the things that are possible, mm -hmm. deeply, deeply, deeply more engaging than any of the storylines in Mass Effect. Even though I really enjoy quite a bit of the storylines in Mass Effect, hearing the the antics that you can get up to. Like if right. we're just gonna if we're gonna say the best thing that Mass Ooh, Effect 2 is okay. doing is its story elements, um, as a video game, Crusader Kings the three uh Crusader Kings Crusader Kings, Kings the, the three, three <laughs> the third uh, tells better video game stories across the board. Mass Effect 2 yeah. tells some good movie stories and has a video game halfway attached to it. Yeah, man, it's going to be hard to, because there's so many games that have this like yeah. cinematic game type thing where right. it's like there's the game story and there's the game and there's right. not a lot of systemic story right. stuff. I will, so but I think, is... what, I think the reason we can talk about Mass Effect 2 historically is because, like you just said, we've seen that get better. And so we yeah. now know... Mass Effect 2 is not the pinnacle of cinematic video games. There are cinematic video games totally. that are significantly more game-like than yeah. Mass Effect 2. So Mass oh, Effect man, 2 now you're kinda pales in comparison to well, what things can accomplish now. Yeah, it helped but... pave the way, whatever, but it, it was a, in the end, 
it is somewhat of a failing on the game that the, my that the brain two is things like feel so now. distinct. I know. <laughs> you are turning my brain into jelly, Matt, <laughs> because I'm starting, now I'm starting to th think about it in terms of like, okay, yeah, so in the world of cinematic games, Mass Effect 2 is a pretty good TV show type yeah, game. Right. But, and I'm now I'm trying to think of like, well, is there a game with a similar structure that does it better than Mass Effect mm -hmm. 2 as far as it feeling like a television well right. you know what red dead redemption 2 yeah. felt like right many well not that that's on the list <laughs> sure but but, but <laughs> so we, that's not important i'm just trying to think of in the in its category right is mass is effect 2 the, the best of at what it does right i don't think it is i don't i think don't it think is. it is either yeah. i think i don't i think it's i think there's other games that have come since i mean we have literally shown... have games nowadays that are are fully structured like tv shows look at any telltale game that's released in seasons yeah right? there's there's sure, lo I sure. mean, they're, they're not all action rpgs but there are loads of games that have adapted the idea of an episodic serialized yeah yeah structure and all of them do it in a more impactful and and dynamic way than mass effect 2 okay well so it sounds like you're kind of getting talked into this idea of yeah. not putting it of putting it underneath Crusader Kings three. I I'm leaning there. Yeah, I feel I feel, feel I would say, feel good about let's that say, decision. Let's say hypothetically we were going to go further. Sure, sure. How would you? What would be the next talking point for like it versus Hyperlight Drifter? Um, so it would be tough. I mean, I mean, hey, Hyperlight Drifter is my second favorite game of all time. Uh, Matt, I really don't like it when you make that joke. <laughs> um, and I wish you would stop making that joke. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have a thing behind me on the wall that says, don't joke about Hyperlight Drifter being Matt's second favorite game of all time, which is why it's the second best game of all time, because it's his second favorite. Implying that when we get to your first favorite, it will be first. It has to be number one. Yeah, yeah, man. That's how it works so, for me, baby. No, but, you're, no, no, no. But realistically... Let's have a real conversation. Yeah, let's yeah. have a real conversation, which is to say... Uh, the the exploration the experience of the world of of hyperlight drifter to me while significantly more abstracted and not as easy to invest in personally because mass effect 2 is mm -hmm. literally written to be invested in personally i find all of hyperlight drifter more engaging um more like from an artistic critique perspective if that makes sense it is more interesting for me to analyze and try to dissect what is happening in hyperlight drifter than it does for me to think about the block. But I mean, it's literally comparing uh, like a weird student art film to a Hollywood blockbuster, basically. Yeah. And so totally. it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the the blockbuster had a way better budget and was able to do way more. And the things they accomplished with like, the, I mean, in Mass Effect 2, you start to see the threading out of multiple things impacting. Like you have you have voice actors having to come in and read like six different versions of the same line or whatever like there are many things that mass effect 2 is doing that are like huge accomplishments especially in the span of two years like it right. from a technical perspective mass effect 2 is doing amazing things but i am Bigger. more intrigued by the small team pulling off things that feel just as impactful okay so so i just kind of played a little game there which was just to find out if I was going to be willing to put Mass Effect 2 above Hyperlight Drifter. Above Hyperlight Drifter. And it sounds like it sounds like no, if it was just up to you, it would be no. And in I mean, that case, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I, what's up? I can make other arguments in terms of um, the sheer, uh, what it's done for the industry, 
Hyperlight Drifter, I can't say, has done anything. People really, really liked it. It's a fun indie darling, but it has not reshaped anything. I think only you liked it, if I remember <laughs> correctly. I was right. actually looking it yeah. up. I was trying to, because I heard, I've, you've, you've used the term indie darling many times, and I actually Googled like Hyperlight Drifter coverage, and I found a review uh, where someone was like, pretty good game. I didn't finish it, but pretty good. And, and so. So yes, it, it and on this show, I, we might as well rename this show that we talk about Hyperlight Drifter every single week show. Sure. Um, well, we got to get away from I that. Think I, that I, I would no joke be willing to put Mass Effect 2 above Hyperlight Drifter. I know that we are caught in no, this but, chasm of Hunter wishes Hyperlight Drifter wasn't above Crusader Kings 3. It's and not so a we have this backwards thing of like, Mass Effect 2 should be better than this, but worse than this. But those two things are in no, the no, wrong no. order. There's th no, no, no. Not all of that's no, no. This is once it gets to the list, it's definitive forever, and there is no way it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, what I was trying to find out there was if, in your heart, the way you feel about Mass Effect Two would be that if it got past Crusader Kings Three, that it could then go further. Yeah. Not just not because I want that, because I'm just interested in yeah. having that conversation. Well, what's, what's funny about it is before when I just started Mass Effect 2 and my my nostalgia and memory of Mass Effect 2 I would have put it ahead of Hyperlight Drifter it's only it upon would... replaying that I'm like oh, there's a lot of things that I don't love about this game anymore there's a lot of things that yeah. like, rub me the wrong way whereas replaying Hyperlight Drifter I was like oh my god I love every si I will 100% this the game again like I will do every single inch of this game because it's just so engaging to me I think um that maybe we should put it under Crusader Kings 3 because um I feel like Crusader Kings 3 is, I am not 100% confident that they will make uh, a Crusader Kings 4 sure. that will, in a very meaningful way, be hugely better yeah. than Crusader Kings 3. Because it's not like I'm playing Crusader Kings 3 and being like, oh, there's all these flaws, there's all these right, problems right. like that I wish they would fix, you know. In the best Mass Effect game has, and this is me being very optimistic, the best Mass Effect game has not come out yet. And it right. will, at some point, there will be a Mass Effect game that is, this is the best right. realization of this formula. Right. And it's funny because when they made Mass Effect Andromeda, one of the most intriguing things about it to me was that it felt like they were going back to the Mass Effect 1 thing and being like, what are all these things we like left aside? Is there yeah. a way for us to reincorporate this in interesting ways? And that game, of course, had a lot of problems. Um, maybe someday we'll talk about it. But um, it it ended up being like, something that isn't going to lead to the future as far right. as mass effect goes which is probably for the best but i hope that for mass effect 4 they are thinking about those rpg things that were lost and that they were playing you know hopefully these people were looking at totally you know the witcher 3 and thinking like ah oh, you know like this is we can we can incorporate we can be inspired by some of this we can kind of answer this right. call right um and that is what i am excited about with this game series yeah the 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 trilogy has its problems i'm excited to talk about mass effect 3 because it feels like the newest game to me yeah um but mass effect 2 i feel like i have uh played enough of uh for a lifetime and i'm ready for something new and the best mass effect game is yeah. yet to come i love that argument because yeah crusader kings 3 even from my outside perspective of only ever like rushing the surface of paradox games crusader kings 3 does seem like the basically best paradox games that they've ever done the most approachable the most um, clean s systems that, that they've ever done and yeah I, I cannot say the same thing about mass effect 2 no um i think that it's like it's funny having a conversation about all three of these games because i think 
if you could Frankenstein them, mm -hmm. let's say you could chop them all right. up into various bits. Right. You could kind of take the this of of this one and right. this of this one. You and could make a put perfect together. Mass Effect game. Yeah. That's and that I think is the problem. That's the reason why I don't want to carry on this tradition of saying that Mass Effect Two is one of the greatest yeah. role playing games of all time because it feels like and I love this series. Like I don't want anyone sure. to be super upset uh, at, about about this. But what I'm trying to say is that I feel like. Every single game has some caveats. Yep. All three of them. Maybe right. Mass Effect 2 has the least caveats. Yeah. But they all have some caveats. And someday, I think, uh, I have faith that there's going to be a game that bears the Mass Effect name where there are no caveats. And it's just like, this is a great experience from start to finish. Yep. The systems that are there are all deep and make sense. And nothing is just like kind of thrown in. Mm -hmm. Nothing is like there with a lack of thoughtfulness. Right. Um, and I think the character, uh, writing that they do in these games, uh, is actually going to continue to get, uh, better too. I think there's a lot of room for development with this style of game. So, uh, with that, we are going to place, uh, definitively Mass Effect 2 is the fourth greatest game ever made. The list stands currently number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. Number two, Hyperlight Drifter. Number three, <laughs> Crusader Kings 3. Number four, Mass Effect 2. Number five, Outrun. Hey, oh. Whoa. Weird. Love it. <laughs> Number six, Mass Effect. Number seven, War of the Monsters. I am um, really stoked for next week uh, because I feel like we get to go back and we've, we've had like, I feel like we've been all over the place. And next week we're doing Quake, which is like, an uns like a known classic like everybody knows how big of a deal quake is mm -hmm. and to tackle that behemoth i'm very very excited to to figure out where the heck that thing is going to fall because i i think totally. i am not prepared of where to place that thing on this list i'd have no totally. idea what's going to happen i think that uh it's really funny that we're doing quake before doom that's like a good joke yeah, love it to me yeah. that's really funny. i wish we, we were doing do i wish we were doing like quake three first but <laughs> That would be even weirder. <laughs> or like Quake, what was it? Quake Wars? What was that? Wasn't there a game the called online Quake Wars? Wars? Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, the, the yeah, like that online would be the subscription, the first free to play game. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, so there was your episode on Mass Effect 2. This one felt serious. Yeah, boy. This we felt like a... I didn't get to laugh because my voice is breaking midway through the episode. Like I literally am dying from this awful yeah. cold. And I, I feel like recording this with you, Hunter, has made my disease worse. Uh, yeah. So that's fun. What a fun You're... thing to catalog. You can listen to my voice right now and restart this episode. And it's a different Matt recording the episode. Right, right. Um, I want to ask because we're we've got seven games on the oh, list. Oh yeah, ask now, me so. a question right now. Have me respond to a question real quick. That <laughs> well, sounds like a great one, idea. <laughs> one thing I just wanted to get this in there. So now that we have seven, if this was your personal list, what would the top three games be? Because we have seven games. What if this was only Matt's list? This was only Matt's what would list. Number one, number two, number three be out of these games. What um, do you think? Uh, it would be. It would probably be Mario, Hyperlight Drifter, and Mass Effect Two in no particular order. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't put Crusader Kings Three at the top of my personal list because right. I have yeah, not yeah, played yeah. anywhere close to enough of it. Um, Outrun is close. I really, I really did enjoy Outrun, even though I, I bumped my head against it. But it's like I can accept that from an arcade game, man. Those things are designed to bump your head against. So, like, 
Totally. Don't don't you dare judge it on that metrics. It's like that that would be like being like, oh man, Pac-Man, you only play the first couple levels like over and over again. It's like, yeah, that's like literally by design that you do that, man. Right. <laughs> I don't know what right. to tell you. So here's what my list would be. Oh, Number boy. one, War of the Monsters. Okay. Number two, War of the Monsters. <laughs> yeah. Number three, War of the Monsters. I'm gonna Thank have to you, what I'm gonna have to do night. is find uh I'm going to have to dig through and find a worse game than War of the Monsters so that you can be mad about that. And not, and then we just never talk about War of the Monsters ever again. It just hides on the list, sort of. But there are clearly worse <laughs> things. Like, we have to get worse games on this list sometime what soon. If we, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm anticipating there being a race for the bottom yeah. eventually where yeah. it's like we're trying to top each other <laughs> for, the, for the worst. I've got, um, I've got a couple in the hopper. I think I've, I, I have some pretty good potential on some pretty bad games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. uh, and I'm excited about yeah all all the different things that we're gonna try and find. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good games for a while though. Yeah. We did the schedule way out. We're Boy, not doing anything. We are scheduled super... through 2021. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty major. I'm really excited about Quake next week. Um, and yeah. Um, oh, and also this is the first episode we've released after right like this is the first we've recorded we're recording sorry, since this release. after we've launched the show uh which yeah. to you listener shows you like how far ahead we are on this show and like how yeah. we're not exactly in the moment but right uh, despite that please email us oldgamersalmanac at gmail.com and let us know how you feel about the list let us know how you feel about upcoming games uh and we will try mm-hmm. to incorporate those kind of things into future episodes we want to have some feedback from the audience we want to know what your top three would be of the list so yeah. far yeah and 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 if you disagree with our list, well, that's too bad. It's definitive. Um, there's yep, nothing you yep. can do about it yep. except for complain. But yep. your complaints will not be heard because this is definitive. Sorry, we nailed it. <laughs> Hashtag nailed it. Ooh, it's back. It's, it's back, a crossover baby. joke. Um, please rate us uh, on whatever you know. Yeah. Give us ratings. That'd be nice. Give us five stars for this being good for yeah. uh, to eat. This Hire me as an tasty. Uber driver and give me a five star rating there. I'll take it wherever oh, you can give it to me. You know, that's a good new bit. Give Door us five stars, me. but but yeah, it write out a review as if this was an Uber ride. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. as an Uber ride, is this a good podcast? Did I provide a bottle of water? Did did I play good music? Were you able to charge your phone while you were listening? Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Night Corey.